It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. As an entrepreneur, you started your business to follow your passion and not to spend your evenings doing bookkeeping. That's why Vancouver's podcast uses Legacy Advantage. Let me tell you, they are a great CPA-level bookkeeping firm. Let Legacy take the bookkeeping task off your hands so you can have more time to pursue your dreams. You will get peace of mind knowing that the bookkeeping is done and the tax authorities are off your back. Visit LegacyAdvantage.ca and if you mention that you came from Vancouver's podcast, they will give you a $100 credit to apply towards your first month. You simply can't beat that. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to today with VancouverEntrepreneur.ca where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Irene Strong was born in Nakusp, B.C., a small village in the West Kootenai region along the Upper Arrow Lakes. She has since worked with NBC Olympics, TED Conferences, and Habitat for Humanity Greater Vancouver, among many other organizations. These organizations have all influenced Irene's mortgage business model, a model built on a foundation of perseverance, education, and belief in the power of home ownership while assisting her clients in realizing their dreams of owning a home. Well, Irene, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and give us the details on your current business. Yeah, um, well, I'm like I said, you, I was born in a cuss, moved to Revelstoke when I was about eight years old and then uh, took off to Calgary to do my undergraduate, and then moved up to Vancouver as soon as I graduated. I knew I wanted to come here, um, and uh, I basically had to start all, all over. If I have any recommendations for people, if you're going to go to school, maybe go to school where you plan to live, <laughs> so you can build all those contacts at the same time. Um, and uh, when I was here, I, I uh, actually started with the Vancouver Board of Trade. I, I think I lucked out getting one of the best jobs I could get uh, starting out in this city. So um, that's kind of where I started my job. And from there, uh, I moved on to the, I've always wanted to work in the Olympics. So I got into, uh, happened to connect with somebody from the Vancouver Board of Trade who I also knew from my days at University of Calgary. Worked for the Olympics through a small Canadian um, company, uh, Moving Products Inc. that did uniforming for Olympic sponsors. And then... Um, from there, I got a job with NBC. So I went from literally the smallest organization in the Olympics, <laughs> related to the Olympics, to the to the largest. So it was quite a span. Um, and then after after 2010, um, it was kind of time for my husband and I to settle down and have family. And I just figured moving kids around with the Olympics was a, a task I didn't know if I was ready to take on. So uh, we decided to stay here in Vancouver. And um, 
I had to find a job. And the unfortunate part was everybody and their dog <laughs> didn't have a, a job because uh, so many people left their full-time jobs to work on the Olympics. So my three games before uh, didn't really mean anything because everybody else had Olympic experience. So I had to then figure out what I was going to do. And I talked to a friend of mine and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm in the mortgage industry. And he's like, I think it's something that really, really suit who you are and your personality. And I think you do really well. So talked to my mortgage broker and, um, he recommended to, uh, take the course. And so I did with my, while I was on my mat leave with my son and, and then from there I thought, okay, let's do this. Let's start a business. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to always open my own business. Um, had no idea what it was going to be. So I thought, well, I love real estate. And, uh, I, that, at that time we had owned three properties already. And I thought, well, I want to, I want to do this more. And if I can learn how to do it, uh, maybe I'll get really good at it and buy more properties. <laughs> so, um, that's where I kind of took off and I really didn't know anybody. Uh, cause even though I was local, most of my business contacts were all international because of the Olympics. So I had to start with friends and family and a really tight knit group of people. So it was a, a kind of a slow build. Um, but that's how I kind of started from and grew into the mortgage industry. Now, did you need financing to start your company and how are you currently making money in the business now? Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had financing to start my company. Um, yeah, I didn't. Um, what, but quite honestly, um, one of our properties, uh, my first place in Oxford Street, uh, that was my financing. I basically had a, it was a home line plan with RBC Bank and, um, just from the equity built up and from turning it into a rental, uh, that was our lifeline. Like for, for me to say, okay, I don't have a job anymore. If I don't bring an in income, that's our, our backup plan. So, um, just how it turned out with the baby and shifting of things like that did become our lifeline. My first year I, I attempted some different things and they didn't pan out as well as I thought. Um, but I learned a lot. And so, I, I didn't necessarily have financing, but I kind of had, we had a backup plan because we needed to have that. Um, and now it's uh, six years into it. And uh, as they say, I think it takes, you know, five, seven years to really start building up that, that momentum. And um, actually it was the one I was on, I caught quote, quote, mat leave with my, my second um, five years in, she wasn't on mat leave at all. Cause I doubled my business that year. So um, it's, it's just one of those things that now it's just kind of, it's building itself, but I do, I'm actually considering looking at financing, um, my business this year. I just recently incorporated and I have a whole bunch of other bigger plans I want to do. And I think that might require some additional funds. So I'm actually considering, um, leveraging some things that I'm going to do so that I think I can grow faster. So that's kind of my, my hope. And which segues great into this next question. What is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC or even Canada? Um, def I, I don't see beyond Canada. That's a really hard one with mortgages because every country is so different in how they do their mortgage financing. Um, the States is quite a bit different than us here. So, um, you know, you never know. I guess that's always a thing. If you can do something really well, you can maybe transpose it in different ways. So it's always a potential. Um, for me, I, I do think 
uh, I see a, a substantial amount of growth. Um, I can't, I always have these these dreams and hopes of, of revolutionizing the mortgage industry in a, in a unique way. Um, I'm hoping to do it through education mainly. I think uh, the the barrier to entry in our industry is is lower, and so um, I want that to be raised. And I think we have some phenomenal brokers out there that are constantly improving our our industry, doing great things, and and building up the next uh, I guess next grouping of mortgage brokers in the industry. So there's a lot of mentorship that happens in this industry, which is quite rare compared to some other industries that are very, very competitive, even within our own real estate industry. So um, it's great that way, but I think there needs to be some uh, additional training and unique ways to, uh, I don't know, improve what we can do as brokers because we have so much opportunity to help people and do really, really great things and really to differentiate ourselves from the banks. Um, And we do it really well, but I think there's a better way to do it. So that's one way. But I also think we can really improve the financial literacy in our own country because just the basis of mortgages has uh, like it, like I, I think the mortgage is the biggest wealth building tool a Canadian can have. And so if that's the case, you know, how do you use this and how do you use that knowledge to do better financing and to be better prepared and teach your kids how to, to, to manage money. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in our industry to make big impacts. And that's what I'm hoping to help I guess, build on. Okay. Well, Irene, we've learned a little bit about you and we've learned about your company and mortgages, but we want to learn a bit about your experience doing business in Vancouver. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Right. Well, Vancouver is a, uh has a lot of opportunity it's uh, especially in the real estate industry i know a lot of people think it's uh expensive and and unaffordable but um it's a really great place to live so um i think just for the entrepreneurs because it attracts so many different people and from so many different walks of life um you know we have the the mountains we have the oceans we have the forests we have um the beaches, like every everything that uh, you kind of want to enjoy. So, um, so a lot of people want to live here and do business here. And I think because we're made up of so many small businesses, people have those ways to interconnect and, and grow their business. From you know, a lot of people talk about meetups, the meetups, and the different kind of access to um, networking that we do have here. And we're open that way because we kind of need to do it. We are made up of mainly small businesses and. Um, places like Toronto and New York aren't really, they're, they're much more bigger companies or, or Calgary has a lot of the headquarters because of the tax bracket for them. So we're a little bit different here. And so um, I think that for entrepreneurs, it's, they're just different opportunities and different money, different way of, of doing it. People want to invest. There's a lot of things that way. The negatives, um, you know, like, People say they think the cost of living here is, is pretty expensive, but I think if you do it smartly, um, if you try and get in and find where that in is that works for you right now and how you can grow up from that, you can do very well. So you got to kind of flip that negativity into a positive and and just see, you know, that the 
the opportunity, because I think we are so young here, we are infants, I always say that, like we're, Vancouver's an infant in, in the grand scale of things of what's going on in the rest of the world between Hong Kong and New York and London and well, most of all of Asia, we're, we're, we're infants. And so um, the, and we don't have a lot of landmass to grow on. So the, what you can do here is is pretty special. And uh, and then you have all the international access through our airports and, and uh, waterways and stuff. So no matter what your business is, you have the opportunities. And, and I say, if you can just get into the real estate market and live here, I'd, you're, you're, you're kind of golden. Right. Okay, we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired or just think about your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here? Um, well, I, <laughs> I was thinking uh, I don't really get to go to that. I think I need to add that in my life. Um, but what I do do is... Uh, my family and I, like we, we're, we're really into sports. We love sports, uh, and um, so we are Whitecaps season ticket holders. We love the Whitecaps, and I love going there. And quite honestly, like I know it's not a quiet place, but what it does is it does reflect for me on business stuff. Like I go there, and I, I love watching the people and the interactions and how they're cheering for a team. And I even watch all the media stuff, all the banners that go up and that you know i watch what how do they market how are they marketing what are they doing why are they doing it that way um and i i find it fascinating like i just i i look at it because i enjoy my time there and my fam my kids love going there we all have a good time every single time they go and so it's just trying to like bottle cap that somehow and, and take it elsewhere and it's uh um and, you know, there's there's other places like that in Vancouver, even peaceful places. But uh, you know, obviously Stanley Park is is a is a prime place to go. And I love all of the attractions we have, from the aquarium to Science World and and Granville Island. But uh, those are just checking out your city. So for for me, I know it's not really a quiet place, but uh, the the sporting venue is definitely somewhere where I get it gets my my wheel spinning for business thoughts. Of all my guests, this is the first time I've ever heard go to a Whitecaps game to think about your business. <laughs> yeah. i got to tell you that. <laughs> this yeah. is the first. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, I don't know. But it, it's weird. I actually think a lot of my business when I'm there. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want you to imagine you've never been to Vancouver. Now, we have a lot of listeners who are international that, you know, either have been here or looking to start a business here or come here and do some kind of entrepreneurship. If you were to start all over again, and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do, and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Um, quite honestly, I probably do exactly <laughs> what I did or lucked out doing. I don't know. I got like getting that job at Vancouver Board of Trade was big, and um, it 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 allowed me to see how Vancouver works, how businesses work, how they kind of tick and, and, uh, and that they, they know what they need, need each other and how to connect and why to connect and why to educate and continue to be involved and how to give back. And so my, um, my entry into the city was, was a, a great one that way. And I, I don't think I would, um, change that but you know not everybody's going to come in and get a job at the Vancouver to trade but you can definitely get a membership and join um so that would be one way um it depends on how much money you have, I guess you have to start but I think that's uh, always a good one 
people always say that the meetup groups and those kinds of things. Um, Urban Rec Volleyball was another great one for me. I, I love volleyball, so, so I joined them, and it's a very integrated community that um, tons of people from all different places seem to love volleyball and beach volleyball. It just has this, uh, I guess, connection with, with everybody. I know, even if you can't play, that people like to just go out and have some fun and pass around a ball. So um, Urban Rec was another great one for me and and again I'd probably do that (laughs) that same thing (laughs) so um probably follow around the same footsteps uh if I do anything differently um it's uh yeah so board of trade trade and play some volleyball and connect that way (laughs) yeah um and just there is tons of organizations out there depending on what industry you're in there is so many organizations that you can look and check up and they always hosting a, a conference or there's other conferences happening that you never know how one conference might apply. Like I look at the BC tech conference and I'm like, man, I want to maybe go there because I have a couple of things that I want to do. And you just don't know who you're going to meet or, or what company might be there or something you might've never heard of. So, um, sometimes it's just go way out of your comfort zone and see and take a look. Cause you never know what the, you know, what cookie crumbles might be left. So, um, that's for me it was just like I just got out I just went out to as many things as I could and met different people and tried to just have fun so um yeah that's kind of where I would I would encourage anybody to go do okay okay Irene let's talk a bit about your routine what does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day another funny one um I I wish I'm trying to work towards that that is my um ultimate goal is to get that routine in place. Um, my routine right now is get up and help get the kids off to school. And, um, at least my husband, we're, we're trying to split up our routine hour. He t- takes them to school and I pick them up, um, and do the dinner side thing. So I'm aiming to try and get up earlier now, get to the office earlier so he can deal with that and, um, maybe get in a quick workout cause I haven't worked out forever since I've injured my knee. But, uh, those little things that I, you know you're supposed to be doing or, you know, that should be doing things, but know that I, my body and my brain needs it. Um, the, the, I think the thing of having young children, I have a, a seven-year-old and a two-year-old, it just, some of those personal um, objectives kind of go out the window or you let them go out the window and I have to be a little bit more forceful about uh, the things that are important to me or the things that I think I really need to take the care of the other people. So, um those are definitely areas of, of improvement for me. So I've got a few scheduling things that I've done. I've created my own, uh, I don't know what you call it, but uh, I call it a daily ritual. So I'm trying to fill those out at night so that that's done. So I kind of have a game plan for the next day. But uh, that first hour, is right now it's a little bit chaotic. So I'm trying to smooth that piece out. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? Um, I don't think they have to be. Um, I think a lot are. <laughs> I think I don't know if weird's the the, the word, but uh, I think we we if I'm going to lump myself in as an entrepreneur because that's the the you know the, I guess it's a a choice in in how you ch- to choose to evolve. I guess and entrepreneurs take on. Um, a lot more risk and they take on a lot more responsibility in trying to get something done. Um, and sometimes you have to be a little bit off base (laughs) 
to think that you're going to get that done and to do it. Because sometimes it's um, ridiculous and to some maybe unachievable. And you need to have that kind of uh, weird, if you want to call it weird, passion to, to think that you can do it. So, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are probably also competitive athletes. There's a, a big competitive nature of the person and somewhat some ego. And I think you need to have some ego to do it because you have to know that you can do it. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think it comes in many different forms, but, um, I do think people can learn it if they really have the drive, but there's just some people that would rather just come home, do the nine to five, not worry about or think about anything else. And you can't, you just can't do that in an entrepreneurial world. Okay. What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. Um, so I do audible. I've, I just started, that was my big plan last year was to get on audible. And I'm so glad I did. It was probably one of the best things I've ever did. Uh, and I've, I've plowed through quite a few, my, my ultimate from, from doing that, uh, I have th- three kind of Bibles, I guess is what you would say. And I, I, they're common to most entrepreneurs who've read them, but think and grow rich is, is hands down probably my, my number one Bible. Um, the ultimate sales machine by Chet Holmes is another great one. It's phenomenal to just, I kind of listen to that one on repeat a few times and, um, and then how to influence friends or how to influence. Yeah. How to make friends and influence, influence. people. I think mm-hmm. that's how yeah. that, yeah. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dale Carnegie. Those, those are my three Bibles and I, I plan to continue reading those ones every single year. So I won't just stop and read it once. It's, it's going to be on, um, whenever I feel that need to, to go, go through a new growth development or uh, just a, a re reassessment, I guess. Um, so I'll be, those will be my annual books. Uh, and then I don't know, there's, there's so many good ones out there and I keep hearing, um, some phenomenal books. I, I think it's just, if you go on to, and there's a lot of, if you sign up to Goodreads, which I'm on Goodreads, I get a bunch of people feeding some, some other options right now. I'm reading the miracle minute. There's some, or miracle morning, sorry. There's some good things about it. There's some not so good things that I'm like, eh, but, um, for the most part, I think if you just go on Goodreads or you go on Audible and see what other people recommend, it's, you'll, you'll find anything you want to learn. And uh, I stick to most of those personal ones. But I do have to say, if you're going to read one, um, I should have it up here, but uh, um, why can't I think of his... Well, I can't think of it. Uh, he's a speaker. Tom... Anyways, I'll, if well, I come to well, it, I'll, okay, we'll come I'll let you know. It. It's, yeah. it's so good. It's not even a... It's not a how to do better. It's just a really fascinating book to, to listen to. Cause he, he, uh, Trevor Noah, um, why born a crime. It's such a good on audible cause he reads it. And uh, from his own lips, it's just, it's, it's unreal. Like it's unreal where he came from. It's his life story. And it's, uh, just, yeah. Wow. Holy shit moments. Okay. <laughs> good. Yeah. It's a good one to just, just go somewhere else and just see what else people have to go through so yeah it's pretty crazy any online or offline tools that you use on a daily basis um well uh my phone is my (laughs) lifeline um email of course i'm on outlook now i used to use gmail i'm outlook i kind of miss my gmail for different reasons but outlook has other positives about it uh i use google docs now it's i use excel as a part of my database too but i've been trying to shift that over to google docs 
Um, I'm always exploring different CRMs or uh, if there's any other way to do a form or it's just in the, the mortgage industry, there's so many different CRMs and no, not one is right. There's a company trying to make that better, but it's, you know, there's just, there's, there's a lot of tools that we do need to do our job. Um, there's a bunch of apps where we try and use, you know, cause we have a lot of document based stuff. So, you know, if it's tiny scan or any of those little document app things that can help people get the documents we need. Um, and, uh, you know, MailChimp is always, it's a standby for newsletters and whatnot. Um, I don't do Hootsuite. I still do. I haven't really done my uh, social media campaigns. I've been doing my own. And with the time that I have, it's been really limited. So I'm now going through a restructuring of my Facebook and Twitter and social media so that I can have a, a really clear brand out there. Um, and then we'll kind of maybe bring in the Hootsuite kind of managing piece to it. But uh, yes, just mostly standard ones. Um, I'm looking at hopefully adding more applications on the phone, like apps that the clients can use or making it simpler for the consumer. That's the ultimate piece is how can I make this the most simple for the consumer to, to give me the information I need to do the best job for them. Okay. Well, earlier as we were talking, you mentioned all the activities that uh, are available to do in BC and all the uh, things that uh, we have here, rivers, lakes, oceans, beaches, you name it, we got it. How do you balance work and how do you relax and not think about work? And what are your favorite activities to do here in BC? Do you ski? Do you bike, kayak, golf, hike, or simply go for a drive? Yeah, you know, um, again, I I kind of put put my activity side um, to the side. The, The thing that I've really started taking up in the last few years is golf. So, um, cause I injured my knee, I, I, my volleyball days might be forever gone. I'm not too sure on that one. We'll, we'll work on it. But, uh, I, I've started, my husband's an avid golfer. He's actually in the industry. So I thought it was a really good retirement plan. <laughs> so, um, I thought, well, I should probably get, get going on that so I can at least play around with him. So yeah, that, that's my new thing. Um, and I'm really starting to like it. I'm starting to get into the lessons and improving that. So I find a golf round is a really good way to try and de-stress. It's not the easiest because golf is a really hard sport, but um, it's uh, it's definitely my most, you know, if I'm going to try and relax, it's my most relaxing sport playing activity, I guess. Because uh, you can drink doing it too. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so the final nine, the back nine. Yeah, yeah. so that, that, that's kind of what uh, I would I do. And we have so many great golf courses around here too, so it's kind of a... It's kind of a nice piece, too. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? Um, I Well, I know I the Olympics was my, my dream. I always wanted to work in the Olympics, and the, the fact that I, I got that out of my very shortly out of graduation from university, it was uh, kind of a shock to me. Um, I've always wanted to travel the world, and I thought, how cool would it be to go and live in these places? And and get to work there and get to know the culture a little bit and get to know it while working, right? So rather than just doing a, you know, a week or 10-day holiday. So um, I I think I would go back to the Olympic world. Um, maybe not def- not now, but uh, later in life when the kids are grown up so that you kind of get to do the trips again and check out all the different cultures and countries and and just people, the people in the Olympic world are all from all over the world. So you're, you're constantly in this, uh, 
unique blend of, of uh, experiences. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's a great, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's um, kind of an addiction, I guess, <laughs> in some ways when you're in there, it's hard to get out. So yeah, it's a, it's a really cool place to, Maybe to work. Maybe be ahead of the Olympic committee of some sort. Yeah, com- committee. Or I, I really liked working with companies, companies that are associated to the, the games. It's uh, it's another really good way of getting involved. The, the committees are a little bit too structured for me sometimes. They're pretty rule regimented, and the the companies who are associated, whether they're sponsors or participating or giving some su- um, supplies in some ways, uh, they're a little bit more more uh, creative and fun in their in their involvement. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think the thing about me is if I'm going to do a job, I'm going to do it really well. Even if it's a really crappy job that no one wants to do, I, I'm going to make sure I do it really well. So, you know, if it's me cleaning the toilets, I'm going <laughs> to clean the toilets and I'm going to do a good job at it. So, um, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't, I, you know, everybody has a different passion for different things. Um, could I say like, oh, I never do that? I, I don't know, because I, I have to tell myself never say never, because you never, <laughs> really never know what you might end up right. doing. So, so um, I don't know. I, I, I think I would, I, I would get bored. I think after a while with some jobs, but it would be how do I adjust that? So yeah. Okay. In business, what is your favorite word or quote or sentence that you like to use? Um. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I, I guess it's never give up, never give up. Okay, what is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Thinking on that one, uh, would not like to hear, I, oh, I gave up, <laughs> I guess, I guess, on the other end, <laughs> I give up, <laughs> unless it's for a really good reason, you know, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think sometimes people give up way too soon and, um, or they don't go the extra mile. And I, I don't know if it's, there's a word or like, like laziness or, you know, that's, I I just think sometimes people don't, you know, they just do it to what they think is okay. And and sometimes it's like, why not, why not put that extra effort in and just make it that much better? I thought, I thought it'd be something like mortgage rates are going up or interest rates are going up. (laughs) I thought that'd be a word. You You wouldn't like to hear that. No, you know what? Um, it, sometimes it's good because it gives me another excuse to reach out to clients and say, hey, it's time to move, right? Like it's time. So it's not good for the consumer. I really never like that. But um, it does, It you know, all those things in my business world, that gives me another reason to reach out to my clients and be like, hey, these this is what's happening. Do you want to move on it now or do not, right? And so um, those are always opportunities for me. So I can't, you know, it's not necessarily a negative thing, but it's a negative thing for the consumer overall. Yes. (laughs) If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Uh, Two words. Um, uh, (laughs) I I don't know. It's funny. I keep telling people, um, my friend had this shirt when I was down and visiting New York and him in New York and, uh, I can't, I can't even remember what the words were, but he, he goes like, Oh, I love that shirt. And he's like, there's two words. And, uh, he goes, Oh yeah, my, my buddy makes them. And he said he made one for girls. And he said that the two words, and I was like, Oh my God, that's, I know who that describes. And it was exactly my daughter. And then I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe those are the two words that helped me. Um, but this, it was, 
aggressively adorable. And I don't think I'm adorable, but there's aggressive. And then there's the, I guess the softer Irene. <laughs> so, so, um, I'm, uh, I have a, um, I don't know. I'm maybe aggressive isn't necessarily as it's probably too strong of a word, but I, I have some fight in me or I, I have some, uh, want to, to achieve more, do more. Um, and, uh, Sometimes that doesn't <laughs> I can come off wrong, I guess. Um, if I'm not careful, that's what I'm trying to learn on that. And I think the other side is that I'm, I'm really organized. It's a, I found that really odd. On one of my birthdays, someone went around and said, oh, you know, say a few things about good things about Irene. And, uh, there was a bunch of really good things, but I was so surprised to hear how many people said, you know, she's really organized and gets everybody together. And it's like, okay, I didn't realize I was that organized. <laughs> so, well, that's a good thing to know. I know you're like, oh, okay. Like it, but there's all those other things, but it was one of the things that stuck out. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that. Cause you don't really, i never think of myself that, that way. So, um, that was kind of an odd one. Well, that, that's, that's uh, a good thing. Your, your clients would be saying she handles my mortgage and she's well organized. Or, organized. Yeah. 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 So, so, so it's confidence, a bit of a confidence there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got to tone down my aggression is what I have to do. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking about interest rates and things like that early, what keeps you up at night, if anything? Um, well, right now, I would say um, I go to sleep pretty good because I'm up pretty late working on my business. So I'm usually going to bed when I'm exhausted and I, I'm not staying awake, but uh, I'm up because I'm working <laughs> on business. So for me right now, it's just the my growth plan. My growth plan is very aggressive and um, it makes me... A, you know, a little nervous. And that's where I guess why I mentioned when we first started our conversation is, yeah, I might be looking to get financing support um, because I have such an aggressive plan. And I know a lot of it, um, entrepreneurs don't want to, you know, they don't, don't spend more than you make. And um, I'm in mortgages where to me, I, I, I leverage my home because I understand mortgages and that's what, you know, banks borrow money to make money, other companies borrow money to make money. And sometimes that's a scenario that you have to play in. I'm not saying all the time, but there's there certain circumstances where that makes sense. And as long as you're reinvesting it in a smart way, I think um, the, the results you're looking for can happen. So, you know, if people are taking money out, refinancing their home, but it's to make some improvements because A, they might be wanting to sell in three years or, or B, they, you know, they want to just love where they're living and, and then down the road, you know, see what happens but uh anytime you're reinvesting in a smart way and improving the value especially if you're refinancing to them you know improve and then sell you can add a quite a bit value to to your home or to your pocketbook so um yeah that's kind of what keeps me up at night i, I am nervous because you never know my big thing is i just don't know what's going to happen with the market like what if everybody like what if there's a big downturn and no one can move and no one can refinance. And even though people can renew, they might only be able to renew one with their lender. They can't move to a new one. So, you know, the downturn of the market could be substantial. I don't think that'll happen in Vancouver, um, but I have to be practical and I have to be realistic about, you know, I still have to pay my bills and, and my growth strategy is to hire and how many I hire is a big question. But if I have other people relying on me, I need to make sure I have a backup plan, make sure that they get paid. So, uh, those are just the, the things that kind of 
go through my head, I guess, okay. at night. <laughs> I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be whether you want to do TEDx talks, you want to travel some more. You've written a book already, but maybe some more books. Um, anything like that? Yeah, I have uh, I have um, a few top goals to do right now, um, and and they're goals whether they you know morph into something else, but. Um, I, I, I love where we live right now. I love our home. We, we um, lucked out and bought at a really good time. And I do hope one day to, you know, grow my business so that I can build a new home on this lot because I, I love our lot. I love the view we have. And I think um, building that dream home on the lot that we have would be amazing. We started with our backyard and, and uh, a few years down the line, I want to build a home. Um, and... Uh, so that's one. Um, I want to buy a, my dad used to collect pianos and, uh, I lived in a piano museum growing up and it was super bizarre and weird. I know most people, I've lived with about a hundred pianos throughout my whole youth. And, uh, there's this one particular piano that was my ultimate favorite piano. I just, I adored it. So, um, my goal in life is to buy that piano so that I can put it in the house that I built. <laughs> so um, those are, because my, my dad passed away, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even, 14 years ago, I guess now, um, almost 14 years ago. So it's, uh, that's just like a piece of the puzzle that I want to bring back in my life. And um, and then down the road, my big one is just one day, uh, my husband wants to build a little mini golf course uh, where we retire. And I said, well, if you get a golf course, I want to, I want a winery. <laughs> So, there you go. So, so Golf makes the winery a perfect, yeah, perfect match. Yeah, I thought we'd be the perfect, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if you want to go on a stag or stag at <laughs> location <laughs> party. Huh? Yeah, play some golf, drink some wine. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout BC? Oh, um, I don't know. Again, my, my advice just never give up you have to uh, that's the same words I live by um, I th I think find a mentor I feel like um, I literally feel like I just won the jackpot I'm kind of going through a change in my business um, and it'll be kind of evolving over here in the next month or two and uh, my big thing was finding the support network that I think I need to grow and who I can lean on for advice like the bigger picture advice like you know things that I need to uh, think about in my growth strategy, like when do I hire staff, how do I hire staff, kind of help me through that, that process of, um, uh, just because mortgages is really a unique business in um, the underwriting structure and dealing with lenders and um, and, this, and actually running your business. They're very kind of, you're running kind of two separate businesses in itself. So um, I... Uh, I'd say just try and find those mentors and and ask all the questions you can possibly ask if you can think about it. So I've right now just kind of absorbed six amazing mentors in a, in a unique way and I can't wait to just learn from them and grow from them. And my goal is to, you know, I know I'll make mistakes, but how can I minimize those? How, what's the, you know, who's in my corner to help me minimize those and who wants to see me succeed? Right, okay. Okay, Irene, are you ready to have some fun? Sure. Okay, good. Well, as you 
we talked about earlier, we're always connected. There's, you know, we live very busy life schedules and lots on the go. And we're always connected online to the internet. And just like you said, you are always close to the phone. It's a big tool of yours. But we're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist, by the way. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? Um, I think I'd last a pretty long time right now. <laughs> right now I could really use a holiday. So, so I would, uh, I'd soak up that time away. Um, I think the thing that would make me want to come home are my kids. I would, uh, that's what would make me feel homesick is, is, is the kids. So, um, I would, but in the meantime there, I would, I would, <laughs> I would have fun. So I would go meet the people, see what's, what's happening, what's taking, what makes people happy there. I'd probably hopefully try and play some volleyball if my knee's okay. Um, I would just enjoy the area and the space, uh, right up until I could, could handle it. I guess I would, I love the sun. I love beaches. Um, I, I do enjoy nature and it's every element that it has to offer. So yeah, I, uh, weeks. how long would I last? Yeah, at least, couple at least weeks. a couple of weeks. I would, I would, you know, if I could extend, extend a month, I'd probably do a month. Cause I think, yeah, I always say, if you can get somewhere, you can do four months somewhere. Uh, you can really learn and live that culture and, and feel really connected. Um, four months is st- stellar. Six would be better, but, uh, yeah, if it would, uh, like I said, my kids would be the reason why I'd come home. You so. made that call. So I miss the kids. Where's the <laughs> yeah. phone booth? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I got to go see them. All, All right. right. So. Say goodbye to the volleyball players. Take down the but, volleyball net. Time to go. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I might, uh, I might t- t- phone you to say, bring the kids over. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll stay, leave. I'll stay bring another month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Irene, how can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Uh, yeah, listeners, uh, you can reach me at uh, irenestrong.com. I'm also on Twitter at irene underscore strong, um, as well as Instagram, same thing, irene underscore strong. And uh, YouTube, I have a few videos. I'm hoping to, to get more out there. And uh, what to leave you with? I, I don't know. I think um, check out my book on Amazon. Um, you can read. I think they have some pages there but definitely reach out to me if you want to talk more about it because I, I my big thing is like the book title is own your piece of this earth wherever it is I think owning is um, a good thing for the person I think it's good for the community I think it's good for everything that goes on um it kind of keeps the world's pumping um if you're you know a traveler traveler it may not make sense to own anywhere but you know owning somewhere some something somewhere is sometimes um that great piece so uh that's my big thing is if you can, if you can get in somewhere, you can, you can grow from there and, uh, it's, it's well worth it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure listeners have, have as well. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Okay. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. 
You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.